Well, awesome. We're going to jump back into the Word this morning as we continue comfort and joy. And this morning, looking at Mary. I, I, I titled this morning, The Servant, because the last line uh, that we read together, I think, is what we should end at. It's where we need to get. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. If in our walk with God, and in our, our relationship with Jesus, if that's where we are, I am a servant of God and I want to have it done to me according to his word, not my own, then our life is going to look better. We're going to look more like Jesus, act more like Jesus, and see more of his power poured forth. And this morning, some things that jumped out to me that I just want to share with the church this morning begins in verse 28. Verse 28 is one where some people in the room would be a little bit uncomfortable, if I'm being real. It says, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And as they talk to people, I think all of us in the room are like, I want favor, right? Do we want favor? I think we do. But there's something in our life that sometimes because of things that have happened in our past, because of things that we've done or things that have happened to us, there are people, maybe many times, many of us, that struggle to truly walk in a place where we believe or we experience or we even allow the favor of God to truly be poured into our life. What do I mean? Something takes place and I say, no, I am messed up. I am this. This is who I am. I no longer can be all God has called me to be because I did this, because this happened. And when I read the word, when you read the word, you see your favor, your blessing, your outpouring, your, your power of God in your life has nothing to do with what happened to you five years ago or 10 years ago or five days ago. Your blessing has to do with God's grace upon your life and Jesus, who we are in this Christmas season coming to this earth to die on a cross for you. You are favored. You are chosen. You are blessed. You are, are a child of God because of what he did. And I want some people in the room before we go on to really let that come upon you. You are favored. There's no person in this room that has excluded themselves from the favor of God. There's no person in this, in this room that, that God's like, no, not them. No, you are favored. When we walk in the blessing of Jesus, you are highly blessed. You today are a child of God. In fact, could we say, I am favored altogether. I am favored. Let's do it one more time. I am favored. We can't get to where God wants us to be until we realize, Lord I don't know why. We don't have to get that part. But Lord, I'm favored. I have a relationship with you. There's no more favor than knowing that God sent his son to this earth to die on a cross so that you can have relationship with him. So you can spend eternity with him. You are highly favored. God calls his church to be comfortable walking in his favor. And when I think about this and, and that whole process, we must be a people that are like, Lord, I'm not only like, yeah, it's okay, but no, I want to be a person where I walk in the favor of you. And when I think about what does that mean? It means, Lord, I hear you talk to me. I hear you speak to me. Lord, you show up to me in some way and maybe never an angel of the Lord. I've never had an angel walk into my bedroom that I've seen like visually. Uh, but Lord, I'm open 
I'm open every time I read your word to not only see it and not only read it, but to let it be something that becomes real in my life. Lord, I'm willing and open to your Holy Spirit speaking to me. Jesus, you show me, you direct me, you tell me I'm going to go. And when I say yes to him, when I walk in his favor, then I think the next verse jumps out as something that can happen to us. Are we comfortable when troubled? Because Mary in verse 29 We see it says she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. When she saw him, she was troubled. Begin to think about this. You are favored. God shows up through this angel. You are favored. And her very first thing is, now I am super troubled. You know, when I began to think about it, is that not how we can be often when God shows up what is my norm and what I'm used to and what I'm comfortable with and what I'm like, this is who I am. All of a sudden it goes out the window and Jesus, Holy Spirit, the word tells us act, live, do, behave, pray for over here. When the favor of God shows up and I begin to hear him, then all of a sudden I, in my natural, start to be a little troubled. Now, I want to be sure I'm not talking troubled like it's wrong. I'm not talking troubled like I don't know what to do here. I'm talking troubled like, Lord, I was just comfortable. And if I follow you, all of a sudden I'm walking in a place where I'm not comfortable anymore. Anybody heard the voice of God or read the word? Or, oh man, my life, who I was, doesn't line up anymore. Or what about when God starts to say, hey... Why don't you not do your norm? Or why don't you go pray for this person? Or you need to start praying. Or you need to wake up in the middle of the night and pray for this person. Anybody like to sleep in the middle of the night more than praying in the middle of the night? Thank you, right? But when we hear God, when his favor comes upon us and we experience him, when the word jumps out at us, then I believe it's going to put us in a place where now I don't know what to do. I'm not sure how to make it happen. I am troubled, even like Mary, when this angel shows up. And she's trying to figure out what it might be. I believe God calls his church to get comfortable even when troubled. Because when God speaks, there should be some trouble in your life. There should be some, I don't know what to do now. I'm not sure how to do this. Uh, There's some people in the room that maybe God uses you in a prophetic sort of way. Uh, Adam Long, who came and gave the word here this morning. Pastor Dave, who came and gave the word. What did they do? They heard God, Adam, earlier in the week, and then prayed. He came to me and said, hey, you don't have to use it. You don't have to do whatever you want. Uh, You can just do whatever you want with it. But this is what I feel God is saying. He said, I've been praying through it. God won't leave me alone. I would say he was troubled in a good way, but to do what God had called him to do. When I hear him, then all of a sudden I've got to wrestle it out. Okay, Lord, am I going to do it? My prayer for Radiant Life Church is when we come to a service on Sunday morning that we don't come and hope that we just get to sit and hope that we just get to sit and be here and then go home and be like, well, it's okay. No one saw me and no one, no. You know what I pray happens? I pray that when you come to Radiant Life Church that we are a people who say, Lord, if you speak through me today, if you speak, I would even go up on a stage or I would go talk to Pastor Chris. But you know what even I like even more first Lord, would you give me a word for somebody? Would you give me an encouragement for somebody? Would you give me a prayer for somebody? Would you lay someone on my heart? And when you put it on my heart, I'm going to go and encourage them. And every once in a while, Lord, I think that's not for one person, but that's for a whole bunch of people. And so, Lord, I'm going to 
I'm not bold. I don't like being in front of, but Lord, I'm going to even step up and give a word or talk to Pastor Chris and see how it fits in. Lord, I'm going to walk in a place where may not be comfortable, but Lord, it's what you have for me. When his favor rests on you, when you hear him, when the angel shows up, when the word becomes real, then we're going to have to make decisions. And in fact, what Mary hears is not only like, oh, give this word, but how would you like it if this is what you heard? And real fast, before I get to it, before those first few verses, we read them. She is betrothed to Joseph. In their day, it's a little different, okay? It's a lot different than in our day. In our day, marriage, it seems like more and more is not that important. It is. Biblically, it is. It's what God calls us to. But in our culture, in their day, when you were betrothed, they were not fully, they weren't living together. They weren't to that point yet. But there was about a year-long period where they were betrothed. The, the groom would come towards the end of that year when the, the bride did not even know, would go get that, uh, the, the bride, take her home. Uh, it, they were in this process, but they were given to each other. In fact, if you committed adultery during that season of time, if you were found to be with child, many times, in fact, a lot of the time, you would be put to death. It wasn't like, oh, it's not that big a deal. No, it was a huge deal because if you went outside of the law, of the plan that was set up by God, then the people of their day would literally kill you. Okay, so I just want to be sure we're in that spot. Then she hears the angel come in verse 30. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, which anybody else, like if somebody comes and says, Brian, don't be afraid. You're like, now I'm super creeped out, weirded out, and I'm a little afraid. Like, I'm not sure, because normally that's not what you start. Uh, I hope our greeters this morning, when you came through the doors, weren't like, don't be afraid this morning. That'd be really weird, right? Angels always come. In fact, last night, Rachel and I, we went to sleep, like we went to bed at maybe 7 o'clock, 7.30. It was so early. It was glorious. I don't know what happened, but it was awesome. But then we watched some shows, and it was probably 9.30. We then lights are out, like 9.30. We were ready. Uh, wake up early. We're going to have full eight hours plus of sleep. It's great. And then all of a sudden, our dogs start barking and going crazy. It's like, what is happening? And then Jordan runs in. Hey, there's all these boys outside on the front porch with sticks and stuff. I'm not sure what they're doing. So then I'm like, oh, I have to go get enough clothes on to go outside. By the time I get there, one boy's like running away across the street. Uh, there's four or five other boys. They all have uh, lacrosse sticks. I'm not sure why, but they have lacrosse sticks. And I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing? They're now like 50 feet, not quite to maybe the sound booth or so. Like, uh, and they're like, oh, we want to sing you a Christmas carol. <laughs> like, okay, so it's after 930, you're carrying sticks. Real fast, some etiquette, I think, for Christmas carols. I would not be carrying clubs with you when you go to a house for Christmas carols. I probably would also not just be in like sweatpants and uh, like uh, sweatshirts. I would like maybe dress up a little Christmassy, make it so people know what you're doing maybe. But so we were like, okay. So the dogs, they got out and they were barking all. And these five boys sing jingle bells to us in our front yard. It was one of the weirder moments. But my kids were terrified. My dogs were, were barking and all this. And I'm like, ah, I just want to be asleep. Now from going, like, I was almost asleep at 9.30. Now it's like, wow. Like, well, I'm not going to sleep for a long time. But that's okay. That's just free. But the angels always show up and say, don't be afraid. Right? You're troubled. I got it. But don't be afraid. And behold, 
or do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And if you're Mary in this moment, before we get to Jesus and the miraculous of who he is, Mary must have known the word. I, I believe just she knew. She was in this moment of saying, wait, the Jesus who Isaiah, we've been talking about him the last few weeks here at Radiant Life. That, that Isaiah, this is that Jesus, she must have understood. But she's sitting there. I'm not married yet. I'm betrothed. There's no way I can have a child. And if I do have a child, I could literally be killed for it. Right? And even beyond that, she would just be like, this is impossible. I've never done anything to have a child. And if we're comfortable with his favor, and we get comfortable in a place where, Lord, I'm willing to be a little troubled, because, Lord, whatever you have, the question is, are we comfortable with impossibility in our life? Are you comfortable if God shows up and says, this is what's going to happen, or asks you to make a direction or a move in your life that you say, that is impossible, because with God, nothing is impossible. And for the church to be all that God has called it to be, for the church to be all that Jesus came to this earth uh, to make it, then we must be not only like, eh, I guess impossible is fine, but we must embrace the impossible in our life. Because God, his salvation, who he is, it's all faith, it's believing, it's walking in him, that he took our sin and our shame and our pain away. But he also died for your healing, for your wholeness, he died for all of you, which, Lord, why would we not expect you to do what your word already spoke and that we are even supposed to do greater things than Jesus? Like, when that says, like, how can that be true? But are we willing to actually be comfortable in a place where, Lord, I'm comfortable with the impossible? I'm comfortable that when you show up, even if I don't understand and I don't know how, even if it could, like Mary, put my life in danger because I'm not sure what this looks like. If I am pregnant, that could be really bad. At the minimum, Joseph and Mary look really bad in their community. At the minimum, they could be shunned. They could be outcast. At the minimum, but worse could happen to her. And are we willing to walk in the impossible to say, Lord, today when I go to work, whatever you speak, whatever you say, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it no matter what. No matter what, no matter what the cost might be. If it's you and you confirm it in my heart, I'm going to pray. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to encourage. When I think about those who give their lives to missions, I don't think most people living their life one day are like, yes, I get to go and I get to go to the other side of the world and I don't get to see my family sometimes for three or four full years. I don't get to have Christmas with them. I don't get to do birthdays with them. I don't get to do the normal things. Like most of us would not be like, yes, this is awesome. But just the Assemblies of God, we have 2,800 missionary families that are all over the world who have said yes. Not because it wasn't troubling or difficult or maybe not even because it's like how in the world it's impossible that I'm going to find people to support me to go across to the other side of the world to see Jesus move through me but guess what when God asks us to do something he didn't come and say hey Mary 
This is how, per se, or this is why he said it's going to happen. The favor of God has been poured out, and it's going to happen in your life. And I believe God wants us this Christmas season not to just be like, oh, you're good, God, but instead to be like, Lord, you are good. I see your favor in my life. And even if I'm a little uncomfortable, even if I'm troubled, Lord, if you tell me to go right instead of my normal left, then, Lord, I'm going to turn. I'm going to start walking. And if I don't understand, Lord, you're going to catch me up when I need to know. Because oftentimes when it comes to encouraging people and praying for people and, and being there for people, we don't know what to say until we start making the move. In your life, if you want God to move and show up in a, a bigger way, there's a moment where you have to say, Lord, I don't understand, I don't know, but I'm just going to start walking, doing what you tell me. You tell me to put my foot here, I'm going to put it. Put my foot here, I'm going to do it. F take that step, I'm going to take it. Lord, whatever it is, I am going to be comfortable with the impossible. I'm going to be comfortable even when I'm uncomfortable or troubled. I'm going to be comfortable with your favor. No matter what the past has looked like, I believe that today your word is true and today you can move in me. And I feel like we can all feel a sigh of relief, or the ladies in the room. God's not going to impregnate us with the Son of God, right? It's going to be easier than that. But in our own way, we all have the decision every single day. Lord, am I going to do what you've called me to do? And if so, Lord, I'm going to start walking. And we are called to move with him, to be comfortable. Stepping into the impossible requires being comfortable, not knowing the how or why, trusting our God, trusting him. Lord, I give you every part of me. I give you every decision. I give you every dream. I give you everything and say, whatever you have for me, I am in and I will do it. You know, as it goes on, I think the Lord is good uh, in all things. And in verse 34, it says, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? A virgin? That is a very practical question, right? Anybody Maybe God's spoken things or the word has spoken things and you're like, how can that be possible? You know what? Sometimes I think God is really cool and uh, he's always cool, but sometimes he's gracious and says, this is how. And sometimes he's gracious, but he doesn't tell you quite the how. And there's something about being comfortable, saying, Lord, I don't have to know the how. I don't have to know the why. But I'm going to move in you and what you have called me to do. Because in verse 35, it says, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And all I know is that I want the power of the Most High to overshadow me. I want the God of the universe to speak through me and to me. And I want and believe for you and your lives and your homes and your communities that God will use you, not because you are great or you do anything, but because the power of the most high overshadows you. The power of God takes away the things that would block you from being able to be used by him. That's all of us. Instead, he overshadows and pours his spirit out upon you. And you get to be his hands and feet to a world not because of you but because he overshadows you behold your relative elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son now this is a big deal because she is old age right she is barren she couldn't have a child there are times when god comes and says get excited about what i'm doing 
And I've been thinking and praying recently, Lord, we want to see, I want to see your power and your presence and your glory move at Radiant Life Church in Dublin, Ohio, in a way of we have not seen before. And there's something about going back and looking at revivals, going back and looking at great men and women of God, going back and hearing of the miracles that are taking place. And I'll tell you what, you can just talk to missionaries all around the world and start saying, hey, what are you seeing God do? And they're like, hey, this person's leg grew. Like literally, this person, they were healed. This person, they had cancer, nothing could be done. They were made whole. And why? Because there, they don't have what we have. They trust God completely and they see miracles. And when we begin to say, Lord, it's not only me and it's not only even, which is enough, his word, but I can look and I can talk to people and I can see God moving and say, God, I want your hand in my life. I need your favor in my life. Something takes place when we understand And the angel said she conceived a son. And this is in the sixth month with her who is called barren. In other words, you can go to her right now and you'll be able to see, literally see, the pregnancy that is in in Elizabeth who is well off in age and who could never have a child. But verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. There's something that happens in our life when I don't only get comfortable in favor and comfortable even in trouble and comfortable with the impossibility, but when all of a sudden the joy of my life begins to be poured out in the empowerment of God working through me. And what do I mean? If you have God speak through you one time to see someone come to know the Lord, if you have God one time speak through his word and give you the answer you need when you go to work, or you have one time his spirit helps you calm down when maybe before you wouldn't, you start to say, Lord, I really need your empowerment more in my life. Lord, I need more of you because I'm not good enough by myself. Lord, I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I don't have any power. But Lord, when I walk in you, then when you tell me, when you have it, then I'm going to do it. And all of a sudden there's a joy that comes within us. I don't know about you, but when you're sitting at and a waiter or waitress at a restaurant and all of a sudden you get to start talking about Jesus and they're encouraged, that's like, whoa, like you get a joy, there's an empowerment. And if you want a new joy and a new life, a new vibrance in your life, then you spend time with the Jesus, you spend time in the word, you ask him to pour himself out and you begin to listen for his voice. And when you start to say, Jesus, would you speak to me? Would you speak through me? Would you give me an opportunity to encourage someone? Would you give me an opportunity to pray for someone? Would you give me an opportunity to make a difference way beyond what I could do on my own? All of a sudden, it all looks different. There's a, a joyfulness that comes from the empowerment of our God. He overshadows us. He, he covers us. For Mary, the Holy One who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. In his miraculous empowerment, Mary got a fulfilled prophecy from thousands of years. What was being planned from the sin in the garden that was being worked to this moment, Mary got to be a part of it. And I believe that God wants to use you. He wants to use you not only to do what you do and to get to work and to get home and to raise a child or whatever the things are in your life. No, but he wants to take beyond the norm, beyond just those things and say, I have more for you. I love you. I want to empower you. I want to move in your life. 
I want to move in your situation. I want to show up where you say, Lord, just like there's no way that she could have the, the Son of God unless God made that happen. In your life, God wants to use you in ways that cannot happen unless he shows up. Because nothing is impossible with God. In fact, true joy, I believe, comes from knowing that nothing is impossible with God. You can't walk in joy in a world where everything is falling apart and everything's a mess. You can't walk in a, in a world where there's death and where there's sin, where, where we're not in heaven, where those things will be wiped away. You can't walk in joy unless we can trust the King of kings and the Lord of lords, unless we can allow his favor and allow his spirit, allow the impossible to take place, the empowerment of God to move in our lives. I believe God is calling us, he's calling me, I know, to spend more time with him. To spend more time with this Jesus. Not as a baby, but the one that is at the right of the hand of God who lived and never sinned. He died but rose again to take our sin and our pain and our shame and he's calling us to spend time in his presence. He's calling us to once again believe that nothing is impossible. He's calling us to reach our world with the message of the gospel. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what brings comfort and joy to our world is the power of God. The last verse, verse 38, is really how it all happens. It's how it begins. It's how it ends. That Mary, after seeing my life is going to be blown up, my life as I thought it would be is not going to be that way anymore. My life is different because I've given it to Jesus. I've given it to God. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. What happens when our whole life comes down to those words? Behold. I am the servant of the Lord. It's not about what I want or what I think would be good. I'm sure Mary's like, this does not sound like a good experience. This is going to be hard. But behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. When we put ourselves in a place where we start to say, Lord, not what I want or what I think, What's natural to me, but Lord, what's natural to your word, what you tell me, what you call me to, that's what I'm going to do. Let it be to me according to your word. Then today, that nothing is impossible, that's fully yours. Because you say, Lord, let it be to me today according to your word. Maybe I'm going to be building a house or fixing a car, or maybe you're a doctor or a nurse or, or anything, uh, Whatever you do, an administrator, whatever your field is, Lord, today, let it be to me according to your word. Today, I'm your servant. Today, let me hear your voice and I will move. Today, if you call me to pray for somebody, I'm going to pray for somebody. Today, if you call me to say something, I'm going to say something. Lord, whatever it is. And when we put ourselves in a consistent place of, Lord, let it be to me according to your word, then that means the word of God is going to start being lived out in my life. And if I let the word of God be lived out in my life, then my life, Pastor Chris's life, looks different than it does right now then our lives grow more and more like Jesus. We look more and more like Jesus. Miracles, the word of God, his spirit being poured out becomes more natural and more normal and we begin to hear him. 
When I think of Mary, when I think of this one who is highly favored, when I think of of this chosen one to, to birth the Son of God, to bring him into the world, think of someone who is just willing. And today every one of us in this room can be willing. And I pray that you are willing. I pray that you're willing to say, let it be to me according to your will. The final step of supernatural empowerment is complete submission to the Father. Complete submission, not some, and I'll hold on to this part. But God would ask you and me today, don't hold on to anything. Because when you submit everything to me, when you give everything to me, when you lay everything down before me, then anything is impossible. Whatever maybe you've been struggling with or whatever has been holding you back or whatever you're like, I can't do without, when we lay it down at the feet of Jesus and we submit it to him, we say, let it be to me according to your will, then that guy, you don't need him anymore if it's not God's will. That possession, you don't need it anymore if it's not God's will. That job, that thing, whatever it is, whatever's holding you, that sin, something no one else even knows about, you don't need it anymore because you don't want any part of it because if it's not a part of God's will, then it's removed and it's gone. Because you say, Lord, let it be to me according to your will. And as we walk in him and as we spend time with him, as we come together as a church and pray and fast and believe, the word is going to be revealed more and more in your life, in our church. We're going to see growth and people come to, to know him. Our lives are going to look more like him. And today, starting our Christmas series, I pray that our prayer, like Mary, is let it be to me according to your will. Today, Lord, if you want to, if you want to fix things in our bodies, the word that Adam gave earlier, if you want to make it so some ladies can have children, Lord, that's your word. God spoke. God spoke. His word says he can do it. So today we believe that it's going to happen. There's been healing in this place. The word Pastor David gave, God, he was listening. He was available to listen and say, ah, okay, I'm going to come and I'm going to say it. Is there anybody that needs to get some, some things, some urns off of the mantle of your life that are of negative, of death? Get it off. God's not looking at that stuff. He loves you. May it be to me according to your will. I'm going to move forward in you, Holy Spirit. He loves you today. In fact, that's the challenge as we leave. What is it maybe that you need to get rid of? What is it today maybe that you need to accept? Is there something in your life that God, he wants to work in you and you've not let him or some, you just hold on to something from the past. Let it go. Let it be. Let God move in your life. He loves you. So Lord, this morning we're thankful. Lord, we're thankful that you're with us. Lord, you're with us when it's difficult. You're with with us when our, our sin nature and our free will, Lord, gets us in trouble or other people choose to do things. Lord, you're with us, Lord, when we're, we're close and we're in your word and we're, we're letting your spirit move. But God, we do not want to get sidetracked by anything. So Lord, we ask you to help us. Help us get comfortable with your favor to get the stuff out of our life that should not be there. To get sin out of our life. Lord, so that we're not troubled by the stuff of this earth. 
But Lord, our trouble is, Lord, that's a big ask. Lord, I don't know if I'm bold enough to do that. Lord, let us be troubled by the things you say where we say, okay, fine, I'm going to do it. And Lord, as we hear your voice and as we say yes to you, Lord, that we are comfortable with what was impossible before. Because your word says nothing is impossible with God. So nothing is impossible. So Lord, let us be okay in your presence. And then let us find joy in the empowerment that you give. Let us find joy in even submitting to you, taking off the weight of trying to be the boss of our life and instead making you the Lord of our life. So Lord, as we submit to you, as we walk in empowerment, as we get comfortable with your hand being poured forth on us, which means it's always going to be different, it's going to change, it's going to look different than we would have thought. Lord, we need you and we ask you to pour your spirit out Lord, we're thankful it's going to look a little different than Mary. But Lord, I pray that every one of us would walk in you and walk in your power and walk in your glory. And because of that, the word of God, Jesus, that you would be poured forth in our world. Lord, in a way that's special because we said yes. And Lord, not because of who we are. Because Mary laid it out. I'm your servant. The servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So Lord, even as we say yes to you and as we do and as we hear you, Lord, it has nothing to do with us and we're thankful that it has everything to do with you. And this story isn't about Mary. This story is about Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, the Holy One of God, the Son of the Highest, the one who sits on the throne of his father, David, the one who fulfills prophecy. Thank you, Jesus, that you are here and you extend your hand of relationship. You sent Holy Spirit to empower us and help us go this Christmas season and beyond and be empowered in you and walk in you. In fact, Jesus, today I pray that every person in this room, maybe at a family dinner, at a gathering, maybe a Christmas party, whatever they may have, Lord, I pray they would be used by you, hear your voice, and be bold in and, 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 and you to speak forth your truth in a loving, God-like way as you would call them. Lord, let each person in this room hear you walk in you, experience you. Lord, we are thankful. We need you. More and more, Jesus, we need you. More and more, we have to have you, God, so show yourself. Let your empowerment rest on these people as they go to share you with the world. Lord, in the next seven days before Christmas, God, we thank you, we praise you, and we worship you. You are so good. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Church, I pray you are encouraged, you're built up, that uh, you just walk in the power of the Most High today, this week. Let him take you. Let's be the servants he's called us to be. As you exit today, we have our prayer guide to start our first 21 days of the new year, or the 2nd through the 22nd. Please grab one, uh, get it. We want to be sure everyone has one. They'll also be online as we get to the, the first. And uh, thank you so much. Let's go after the Lord. One more reminder, this Saturday night, 7 o'clock Christmas Eve service, love to have you join us. And then the next two Sunday mornings, one service at 10 a.m., right? Let's say it together. One service, 10 a.m. Perfect. Love you all. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus and have a Merry Christmas.